Welcome into the AU Radio Comics Corner. I think you never outgrow your love of these stories. A weekly look at new and upcoming comic book releases. I loved anything that was imaginative, that was high concept, that was a little bit bigger than life. Join us. You guys are great. Pull up a beanbag chair, settle in, and thumb through this week's issues with George and Travis. Purveyors of entertainment, we hope. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome on down to this week's episode of the Comics Corner Podcast. Hi, George. <clears throat> Hi, Travis. How's it going? It's hot. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's warm. It's uh, not even not even open in time at the store, and it is uh, toasty up here already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can't wait for uh, yeah yeah like July <laughs> August. Yeah, it's gonna. It's gonna be nice and uh, nice and roasty toasty by the by the time we uh, get to our evening time recording of the regular podcast. So we'll uh, we'll all be you know cooking as we record our uh, ever loving podcast for you guys. Yeah, we'll be uh, recording in our boxers. I'm sure. Yep. Yeah. By the end of the summer, <laughs> at the very least. Uh, but yeah, comics. It was kind of a weird week for comics this week. It was. It's a middle-of-the-month week, which normally is just kind of your average week, but there was a lot of odd stuff coming out of left field that was starting up, and yeah, let's dive right in. Uh, first, One of the first things I read last night was Event Leviathan from Bendis, uh, Brian Bendis and Alex Malieve, and they've been setting this up for... I mean, effectively, most of the time that Bendis has been writing for Superman and a little bit, I mean, tying some some weird, you know, sinew of story together to lead up to this big event thing that he's obviously been working on for a little while. And I haven't read any of it. <laughs> <laughs> I And I am mostly in the same boat, but I jumped on and did the, uh, the Leviathan Rising one-shot. Um, and I actually was having a conversation with a customer at the store. Uh, I don't know if he listens to the podcast, but shout out to Nick. Um, who had mentioned uh, that this is uh, not really any spoilers for this comic book because it exists in a lot of previous continuity, but um, Talia al Ghul has been known as Leviathan in the past. Hmm. And I was talking to Nick, this customer at the store, and he was bringing up the fact that he was a little bit put out by the fact that it isn't her or it seems like it's not. But I read this comic book and that conversation was made uh, null and void because they are absolutely tying her in some way into what's going on. And that is, I, I don't think that's a huge spoiler because once again, like she's been that character in the past. She's involved. She was a very big player in the Leviathan Rising one shot, um, at least in what was going on with Superman, uh, Clark Kent or Superman or whoever. Um, and, it seems like she's a player, but she may not be like the main bad guy, and that's still a mystery at this point. So, so it may be that if she's not Leviathan, then there's somebody taking her mantle, or pretty whatever. much. It's, I mean, and it's at this point, it says on the cover that it's a six issue mystery thriller. So we're definitely just seeing the the beginnings of the curtain getting pulled back from what's really going so, on. So, so what is the like? elevator pitch for the event Leviathan? Um, so very quickly, efficiently, and systematically, most of the major governmental players that had power in the world in the DC universe were taken down at the same time. Oh. 
Yeah, like all like Argus, um, uh, Amanda Waller's organization, uh, basically all the other ones that are less talked about but exist in the world of the DC universe huh. are basically all just like getting taken out, like, and nobody's sure what's going on. And Lois Lane has been close to the center of it, but not targeted herself, so it's looking like she might get made out to be a patsy of some sort. And <laughs> there's all this kind of crazy stuff going on, but it's all set up in this first issue, so it's hard to really spoil anything yet. Hmm. To tie nicely into the year of the villain. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it definitely is doing that whole major player that, you know, is kind of acting from the shadows and you have no idea how to stop him kind of a thing. So, major villain story. Nice. The uh, the character looks pretty cool. Got a neat little cricket mask or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. So yeah, that was a that was a cool start. And Alex Maleev's artwork fits the DC universe a lot better than I thought it was going to. I've seen him on books like you know Daredevil and Bendis's like solo stuff for so long, Jessica Jones and that kind of stuff, that that affect. But uh, uh, but yeah, it, it looks amazing. There's a there's a double splash page at the very end that shows you the title screen of Batman at the very back, and it looks awesome. Nice. <laughs> but anyways, so yeah, I know that we talked about that one for us all like four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I didn't know what it was about. <laughs> there you go. Um, I uh, I did read uh, The Flash Year One, Chapter Three as well, um, which I love Howard Porter on Flash artwork. He's really, really good. And this one, he, uh, he faces off against the turtle. The turtle? Yes. The fastest man alive against the turtle. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because... Um, uh, not to get too deep into it, but he's definitely involved in the in the future that the Flash found himself kind of stuck in for a little while, and he actually seemed to be one of the major players in like mm. the Flash's villainy, you know, rogues gallery type stuff. Um, and so bringing it back and kind of showing him in the early days is is interesting because the, you're definitely seeing earlier versions of both of them than that far flung future where ever everything's just terrible. Nice. Uh, yeah. Did Did you read this one by chance? The Batman who laughs. Yeah, yeah. I, I did get around to that one. It's it's getting all sorts of Scott Snyder towards the end here. He he likes to turn everything up to eleven or eleven and a half when he gets to the end of a story. Twists on twists. The uh, <laughs> I liked the uh, the father son moment between uh, James and James oh, and Jim yeah. in the in in the Batman Beyond. Yeah, a little throwback to uh to to the bat <laughs> arsenal getting brought out of the, you know, brought out of the locker. Yeah. But uh there's there's a lot going on here and it seems like, you know, all hope is basically lost by the end of it like so many Scott Snyder stories before somebody pulls out a magic bullet and Everybody yes. sings Kumbaya and so everything's all better. So many questions. Is James going to help? Is he not going to help? Is he just going to Stand there? I don't know. <laughs> will will our Batman fall prey to becoming the thing he doesn't want to become? Who knows? We'll have to see in the very last extra issue of the series that wasn't going to be another issue long, but now it is. So we've got one last issue? Yep. Yep. And that's those are the DC books that I actually read last night. Nice. Uh, we also had the Detective Comics came out. Which I flipped through that one, and I think I, it was at the end of my night. I ended up reading a bunch of stuff last night, and it looked it looked pretty good. Like I, I think like I, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually continue to give that a stab at keeping up with that one now that 
Tomasi's gotten the kind of character reveal out of the way and the ball's rolling down the field a little bit and I've got myself basically caught up. I feel like this is not a bad time to catch on to what's going on with Detective Comics, but... Yeah. Well, with the the new character and story arc, it's a pretty good place to jump on. Uh, Also had Catwoman came out this week, uh, Wonder Woman, the Wonder Twins... Oh, man. man. That's right. A lot, of, a lot of titles this week for DC. Also, and I don't know why I didn't have this one in my stack, Batman and the Outsiders number two came out. Oh, yeah. And I I actually am really liking this comic book so far. It's, uh, it's definitely a little bit of a different feel. I mean, it's not your standard Batman comic book where it's just him sleuthing out everything. I mean, he's, he's around, but it definitely focuses on the Outsiders more, just like the first one kind of got set up. Um, but there's a, a big cliffhanger with uh, one, of, one of Batman's major villains coming in and being a major player, which is going to be fun. Uh, one I thought was dead right now, too, but oh, yeah? I'm sure they'll have to go and explain. I don't want to spoil it for people that do want to catch up with it, but... We'll talk about it when the next one comes out. <laughs> That'd be a great uh, villain name. I thought you were a dead guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought you were dead, man. <laughs> no, that's somebody else. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, shout out to David. I read a couple of Spider-Man books this week. Huzzah! Uh, they have the, um, I actually, I thought the last one was the epilogue to the Hunted story arc, but apparently this uh, issue 23 of The Amazing Spider-Man is the epilogue to the Hunted arc featuring a heavy dose of Craven, along with a bunch of other villains. And Ryan Otley's back. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was adorable seeing you notice that earlier. I wasn't sure exactly <laughs> when he was going to be back on it, and I'm hoping we'll get at least a couple of issues with him again, but, I mean, I'm not going to hold my breath. But, uh, yeah, it's it's so fun seeing Ryan Otley draw all these classic Spider-Man villains and, and everybody in, like, a classic moment in between, you know, him and MJ where he thinks all hope is lost and I won't explain why it's not or it is or all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see the rest of what Ryan Otley is going to bring to the table with Spider-Man because, like it says on the title page, it's it's an epilogue to that story, so there's a whole lot of resolution and not a whole lot of, you know, fresh, crazy action. Nice. Join us next week for the epilogue to the epilogue. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, Spider-Man Life Story number four came out this week, and I really like this comic book. It's the first time that I have like absolutely head over heels loved Mark Bagley's artwork. Hmm, nice. That's never happened before. I've appreciated his art and I've enjoyed it before, but I've never like loved it paired with a story as much as this one is so good. And is Chip Zdarsky on the words is amazing. That guy has such a good sense of superhero comic book everyday, like, tropey type writing, but still with a little bit more of a fresh kind of an edge to it. Nice. So what what era are they up to now? They're up it's, to the it's, 90s? Yeah. And they continue to keep jamming all sorts of stories into one single comic book. Um, these are all 30-page stories, which doesn't seem like a lot, but that's actually quite a bit more than your average comic book has these days. Yeah. <clears throat> And everybody's super old now <laughs> because oh, they're no. aging up normally, like we were talking about when the series started. So, you know, you have, you know, all the graying, you know, hairs on the side of Peter's head, and he's, uh, like, just lamenting that he doesn't have quite as much fight in him anymore. And when he catches a, a bus, he's saying he's going to regret it later. His doctors are saying he should only catch cars these days. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely doing that old man Peter thing, you know, like they've done with old man Logan and all that stuff. And it's going to, I'm sure the next one's going to be, I mean, 
geriatric or something. I'm not sure. Like, by, by the end, you're going to have him chasing the rhino at the, the buffet line at <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's where we're headed. But at the same time, I, I haven't read quite as many of the 90s stories that I think they're drawing from to put this together, but I'm just enjoying the ride. They're they're doing a really good job of doing what this story is trying to do and kind of encompassing the entirety of a superhero's life into one, like, five or six issue miniseries. Nice. I'll have to, uh, I'll have to binge it if... You know, with all my free time. <laughs> right, yeah. No, but it's going to make a good read when it is all said and done. Like, I'm sure the story is going to flow really well. Um, Other oddball of the week, the last Marvel one that I had to throw out there, um, and then I'll shut up for a second and you can throw a few out. Um, Silver Surfer Black by Donny Cates and uh, no less than Trad Moore on the artwork, who is one of my absolute favorites. <clears throat> so what's what's the deal with uh, why Silver Surfer Black? I know they had the the X Men Black. Is it just their little tag for their one off? So stories? it's it's only going to be a five issue miniseries, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I don't exactly know why the black title is on there. Um, there's a huge amount of like a heavy black tone to the artwork, and there's a kind of a a big kind of reveal at the end that ties into what. Donny Cates is writing in Venom without mm. without describing how that's going. That that may be why this is called Silver Surfer Black. And I'll let people that are interested in checking out a really cool new Silver Surfer miniseries figure that out, and then maybe we'll mention it on the next one, because I'm sure there's going to be something on the cover that will spoil what I'm trying to avoid. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, super good artwork. Great story so far. It's been a while since I've read a Silver Surfer comic, but... Yeah. Um, jumping over to Image, maybe? Yeah, totally. Uh, we had the uh, second issue of Gogor. I totally forgot to pick that up. <laughs> I really like the first one. I am going to need to grab that. So this one, uh, Gogor has emerged and is uh, helping out the kid. I forget what his name is now. but uh, Same. Yeah. Uh, helping him... Maybe he's gonna help him get his uh, get his planet back in order. Uh, the the big uh, bad guys are trying to take everything over, and this is the one with the sky islands, right? Yeah, the cool. the like rotating sky islands, and they mm-hmm. gotta jump around to the different ones. And this one introduces a big bad guy that's gonna go hunt them down and take them out. Gotcha. There's this. <laughs> It it jumped into the ridiculous pretty early in the comic where Gogor just kind of gathers a bunch of people into a ball and throws them. <laughs> From one island to another? Or? Yeah. Okay. He just chucks <laughs> them back to the to where the the leader of the bad guys is hanging out. <laughs> nice. Does it give any scope in this one as to how big each of those islands are? Uh not really. Okay. I think they like they like showed them in the first one yeah in a really cool image they have this you know this skyline basically that just shows all these islands in a huge circle but i'm curious i i just i can't remember if they showed like entire like communities or populations on each one of them or if or if they're just if they're like smaller something or other i i don't know we'll have to read it to find out yeah they are they are a size yep (laughs) (laughs) nice (laughs) there was a really cool one that i uh had been kind of waiting to come out Sonata. Yeah. That is a gorgeous book. 
Um, there was a lot of stuff going on in that comic. Yeah, a lot of development for for just the first issue, and it only sa- it says issue one on the cover, and I could see this being ongoing, to say the least. Like they definitely have a lot going as far as the world building and story, and just depth of like how cool the artwork is and what they bring to the table in one issue. It it kind of reminded me of the the one hundred, where they had like the society these kind of used up their resources so they they go to a different planet to to live was that a tv show yeah well it was a book and then a tv okay. show hmm. it was a little different in that one cuz we originally were on earth went up into space and waited out all the bad crap that we had done to the planet and then Gotcha. S- sent all our criminals down to see if it was okay. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> That's such a good idea. Yeah. But this one, you know, you've got all these ro- uh, orbiting planets, and as they get closer to each other, they can jump over to this big planet that has all what they hope is a good place to live. Right. And uh, it just so happens that the, the native people don't quite see it the same way. There, as far as, you know, it being a safe place for uh, all these other newcomers to live. Yeah, well, there was one set of people that were kind of being nice with the natives, and then there was another set from a different planet that came in and were like, nah, we're just going to take it over. Yeah. And yeah. and then there's giants roaming around. That page where that first one comes out of the ground is one of the coolest just striking images that you can yeah. land on, you know, the first, like, five pages of a comic. <laughs> Things are going to get in it. So there, there's these giants that are wandering around the planet, but they're, like, just sleepwalking, so they don't really notice what's going on. They're just kind of wandering around. So we'll uh, it'll be interesting to see if uh, somebody messes up and maybe wakes one up. Yep, or at least gets noticed by one as they're waking up. Yeah. Could be bad news bears. <laughs> um, another image one this week, uh, Outer Darkness number seven, following the collected edition coming out in the last couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> this one uh, featuring a haunted house in space. <laughs> I love that everything about this uh, occult stuff, you can you can say it normally, but then in space, yeah. because it's in space. That's my favorite. <laughs> Um, it opens up with no less, I can say no less all the time, I don't know why I say that, but uh, no less than, I'll stick to it, um, spider head baby monsters. Spider head <laughs> baby monsters, I'm sticking to that description. <laughs> that just reminds me of that uh, Mountain Dew commercial. Can you make out the spider head baby monsters from oh, over here? Oh my. Yeah. That's that's quite the uh, page. That's page one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love this comic book so much. It's so creepy and so weird, and I just can't get enough of it. It makes me sad every time I see it because it just reminds me of how far behind I am. And it won't take you that long <laughs> when you get around to it. Yeah. And uh, from this haunted house in space, they, uh, they pick up uh, extra crew member. Oh. And that's probably going to go just so, so well. Yeah. When has that ever gone bad? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just haunted house in space, you know, pick up a space nun, because why not? Yeah. <laughs> so we had that one, and then we had Infinite Dark, too, right? Oh, very nice. I didn't see that one, but I also was flipping through the boxes in a mad flurry. Oh. <laughs> that's I'm how pr- we missed I'm Go-Go, apparently. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that came out this week. Okay. 
right on. They're they're usually like close to each other on the yeah. Some of them seemingly just kind of line up in their release schedule, and it seems like those have been so far. But yeah, so that that came. I still haven't started reading that one, so I, I'm not sure where that. All I've one. read was the first one, and I remember being like, "I have to keep up on this," and then I didn't. It, it looks <laughs> it looks good. I think the first trade is out on that one, isn't it? I, yeah, I think okay. so. So if you're looking to catch up on that one, you can do that. Yeah. Uh, I read Ride. How was that? I I wanted to I wanted to read that one, but it's like a continuation of an, an earlier story, right? Y- yeah, it is, um, but not so much so that they don't kind of leave it at a. You can pick up what's going on, you know. Like it's oh, gotcha. it, it's definitely doing that kind of crime story <laughs> with a with a little bit of a twist. Um, but honestly, like the cover with the the gal in the unicorn costume, I love that cover. It's great. So I was wondering how much of this comic book was going to be drawn by Adam Hughes, and the answer is a little less than half. Hmm. Uh, but I actually uh, swipped, swipped, I swipped to, skipped to the end <laughs> where he did his story and read that first because I just I wanted to read the Adam Hughes story, and uh, yeah, it's a uh, quite a ride that the main character uh, who ends up dressing up in the unicorn costume goes through, and. Uh, it definitely made me want to go back and read the rest of it, which I proceeded to do. Nice. And it's I, a beautiful comic. It really is. Um, I'm not expecting Adam Hughes to stay on it after the first issue. I think he just kind of did that introductory story to kind of catch you up on that character. But um, I like it enough that I'm going to keep reading it, even, even if he's not. Um, nice. Yeah, anyways. Right on. Yeah, yeah. I realized that I didn't actually pitch what that comic book was really about, but... You know, that's. I guess we can only do so much up here. Kind of, kind of says it in the name. Uh, what, what's the subtitle of it? It's Ride <laughs> Burning Desire. Burning Desire. And sounds sounds like a uh, book you'd uh, hide under in your in your closet, <laughs> especially with the cover. It's uh, <laughs> that that unicorn. You know, looks kind of sexy, but she's also got a uh, like a weird like meat cleaving thing with a bunch of blood on it. So, you know, take that for what it is. Yeah. If nothing else, pick up this one because it's it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's a unicorn, why not? And there is. <laughs> and we're uh speaking of animal comic books, uh we're getting close dangerously close to the end of Unnatural, which continues to be a crazy ride that none of the main characters ever seem to be safe for any great length of time. <laughs> but uh yeah, too too close to the end to start talking about the specifics of what's going on with the story here. But um, there's the, the world is such that uh, these anthropomorphic uh, animal people are not meant to, uh, you know, intermingle romantically with other species of animal people, and uh, the main character isn't good with that. So she has to kind of go on the run after this crazy political kind of snafu when she's kind of framed up for a bunch of crazy stuff I, getting into the specifics of it like i said is kind of complicated at this point so i'm not really going <laughs> yeah it's been going for a little while it is and i i didn't have to cover up any of the covers you didn't <laughs> uh we had uh number four of sweetie from action labs oh nice uh last issue uh they they kind of got themselves into a uh a bit of a a like a a Yu-Gi-Oh D and D battle with a a bully girl that hangs out at a comic shop. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, so this one has the the actual battle. 
oh, cool. So they, they uh, have the cliffhanger set up where they're doing yeah. action poses and all that. And so most of this one happens kind of in this imaginary world where, you know, they're they're representing the characters that they're playing. That's awesome. It was pretty cool. But there was a super cool one that came out from Amigo Comics called Gargantuan. Yeah, I feel like you were tempting me with uh, one on the desk in the, you know, in the receiving area at the store, and I totally neglected to bite. Yeah, <laughs> what's, what's the elevator pitch on this one? So this one... Uh, it follows a uh, U.S. marshal who uh, is going after this uh, bad guy uh, who is also like a uh, like a painted up like Marilyn Manson type rock star that's super into the occult and and she starts having these dreams of these uh, of these primitive people running around. Uh, underneath these gargantuan like gods almost that uh, kind of play with the people that are on the ground. And so that's then, just everyday life in this comic. Uh, well, it, it that's it's it's her dream. Oh, okay, that She okay. keeps having right, on. and then uh, they're they uh, she's chasing down this guy, and this this all happens in the zero issue. Okay, uh, and he has one of these gods. In a boat, oh, and then becomes the like takes it over somehow with his mind. The Marilyn Manson, yeah, guy. the little cool. little Manson guy hmm. named named Cruz. Hmm. And right. so now the the rest of the story is like the aftermath of this guy basically becoming a god and and running around like just just decimating California. Was it the zero issue that came out this week? Uh, we had the zero issue and the number one. Oh, right on. So you get the setup in mm -hmm. the zero issue, and then they just hit the ground running in in issue one. That's awesome. Where all these people are being mutated by this new god running around, and it's a uh, it was really good. Spreading the love. Yeah, spreading the love. <laughs> the and the love being. Hairy guys that want to munch on your arm. Mm. <laughs> nice. Uh, she could fly. The Lost Pilot issue number three came out this week as well. Does that one say on the cover? Is it also of four, like the first one? Uh, it's of five. Okay, all right. So you're going to five on this one. Right on. Uh, yeah, furthering the adventures of this poor girl that's losing her mind and a guy that uh, is working on a flying suit. Nice. It, oh, man. <laughs> I, uh, our mantra up here, I need to get caught up on that. <laughs> yeah, you really, you really do. Uh, this, this poor girl. <laughs> she tries some new meds in this one and uh, ends up waking up in a Denny's oh, with no pants. Can't you, that's that's <laughs> never, never anything but a tragic story. Nope. <sighs> <laughs> but, right on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so 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 she's she's just completely losing her mind. Her her grandma who was supposed to be dead in the first arc is like now being worshipped as as almost a deity in a park. <laughs> okay. And the guy that was after her in the first one to like get the the evidence or whatever uh, for the flying machine is being held by some paramilitary people in Russia. So it's 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 getting pretty pretty hairy for all these guys. <laughs> hmm. 
I fair enough. Once again, I I really want to get caught up on that one. It's such a good. It was such a good premise set up in just the beginning of the first series that I I'm basically just kicking myself at this point. I'm I'm <laughs> loving it. It's it makes me so sad though. If if you've ever known anybody that's gone down that road of uh, you know not having the firmest grasp on reality, it's not it's not a fun thing to. To I'm sure go through and also see people that you care about go through as well. That's 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 rough. Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm you you really root for poor Luna and in 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 like trying to pick up the pieces and <laughs> right on. Um, honorable mention on a couple of them. Uh, we had uh, the the lighthearted end. We had Jughead's Time Police. Oh yeah, from the Archie Forever <laughs> line. <laughs> Which I, I really did want to read that one, but I just didn't have the energy by the time we hit like one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I kind of flipped through it. It looks cute. Yeah, it looks cute. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then also another one, in a very firmly in the cute category, we had the unbeatable Squirrel Girl tying into War of the Realms with issue 45. And featuring her hanging out with a very big, like monstrous style uh, squirrelicorn, it looks like. <laughs> um, looking like they're getting served up to be eaten by a couple of ice giants. I'm yeah. sure they'll, sure they'll have a fun time getting out of that mess. I'm sure she'll she'll find some creative way of uh, saving it. I mean, she is unbeatable, so it makes yeah. sense. Uh, we had uh, a number one of Red Sonia, birth of the She Devil. Oh, cool! Dude, are they going back and doing an origin? Uh yeah, it seemed like they were kind of almost changing her origin. Almost, I don't know what her origin is, so I can't be I, upset. Yeah, I I'd I'd actually been reading uh, some of the old omnibus stuff, and it, it seems like they're really kind of playing with her, like uh, how she acts. <laughs> huh? Yeah, it it's really weird. I, I think I'm going to hold off on reading this one until I'm, you know, through all the earlier stuff because gotcha. it's it's like vastly different. This one, she's just running around like just being a bro almost, <laughs> and <laughs> first like for she lack Conan of, kind yeah, of she's thing. popping her collar and just being a, a jerk to people, and that doesn't seem to be what she was in the earlier comics. Yeah, I mean, I read a little bit of the Gail Simone run, and that was really good, but it definitely didn't read like that. Yeah, she'll she'll mess some stuff up when she needs to, but if she doesn't have to, then she doesn't. She yeah. just minds her own business. Right. This one didn't really seem as much. Mm. I guess we'll we'll see how that goes. Yeah, uh, we had uh, Empty Man came out. Oh, nice. Uh, Colin Bunn, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, had another Xena. There we go. I, I thought I was current on that, but I opened it up and I was like, oh, I don't know what's going on. So. Hold up that cover again. Is that David Mack? Yeah. Nice. Mack's, Mack's doing the, the main cover, and then they've they've got, <laughs> they've got this great uh, variant cover where, uh, what was I calling her yesterday? Uh, those big uh, rodents from South America, the... The R-O-U-S's? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I'm sorry. Anyways, they're all like huddled around a fire with the, surrounded by these big... Uh, I, I knew exactly what they were called yesterday. <laughs> it 
That's okay. We can do an update tomorrow. On anyway. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I think that's uh, used up about all our time for this morning. We didn't uh, didn't go over the list for next week. But if you want to know about next week, you can listen next week. Yeah, we'll um, we'll get back to doing that off and on at least. But we got any cool trades that came out real quick? Uh, I know the uh, the 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 hardback for the Detective Comics one thousand came out. Yep, yep, that definitely happened. You know what? Uh, I'll definitely make sure I do a trade highlight for regular AU radio tomorrow because I totally forgot to even take a look <laughs> at the shelf today when I there we go. in the morning. So apologies for not giving the highlights on the trades. If you remember any more, feel free to throw them out. I just am they're escaping yeah. me for the life of me. Well, we'll we'll save it for the main podcast since we're we're at time anyway. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for uh, joining us for this week's episode and th- thanks for recording, Travis. Yeah. Bye. You've been listening to AU Radio Comics Corner. Music is provided by Cubby and Bensound.com. Views expressed do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Adventures Underground. AU Radio Podcast is a production of Adventures Underground Copyright 2018 All Rights Reserved. like to contact the show follow us on twitter at au underscore radio facebook at au radio podcast instagram at au dot radio or you can email the show at podcast at adv you can also support this show and all the shows on au radio by becoming a patron of the au radio network find us on patreon as au radio at adventures underground you can help us create this podcast and soon several others with as little as a dollar a month Thanks for listening.